You are listening to episode 154 of the Confident Coaches Podcast, the one where, listen, you're just about to be blown away by my interview guest. I don't know what else to say. Welcome to the Confident Coaches Podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to do your best work as a life coach. If you want to bring more boldness, more resilience, and more joy to your work, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Amy Latta. Let's dive in. Coaches. Okay, so the interview that I have for you today, like I know my friend Maggie is brilliant, but we dove into multiple topics. We could have created individual episodes for all of them. And instead, I think just be prepared. Grab your notebook because she delves out advice, one-liners that are going to stop you in your tracks, a whole new concept I'm adding to the Free to Paid Coach program. This interview with my dear friend, Maggie Reyes, she is a relationship expert, but damn if we didn't dive into so much more. So grab your notebooks and get ready for the Maggie Reyes interview. Okay, my friends, could not be more excited. I'm introducing to you Maggie Reyes, relationship coach extraordinaire, marriage maven, feminist coach. There aren't even words to describe the love I have for this woman. And we are getting ready to riff on some deep and amazing stuff. Miss Maggie, how are you this morning? Amy, I am so excited to be here. I I just, I just want to say thank you for being you. Oh, stop it. I think that the conversations that you have on the podcast, the things that you teach are so important because I always think about, and I tell this to Lindsay Dossoff all the time too, it's like these are the programs I wish existed when I had first graduated. And just knowing they exist, right, it, it warms my heart. I just feel like the next generation of coaches is so well served having the programs and the resources that you create for them. So just on behalf of everyone who can't personally tell you, thank you. That is amazing. And you bring up a good point. You've been doing this coaching gig for a while. Girl. <laughs> I certified in the stone ages stone ages when did you certify 2012 amazing certified for 10 years isn't that amazing so I have I say this if you ever hear me talk about coaching and the craft of coaching I have a lot of fun with when I certified because people I went to the life coach school in case anybody is not aware and Brooke Castillo is the founder of that school and has you know made bazillions of dollars but when I knew her she was making like 300,000 right mm -hmm. so I've literally known her since then and people will be so excited about like who their teacher was and who helped them and I'm like oh Brooke was my instructor yep <laughs> She thought it was a good idea. She certified my call. So I'm like, you know, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it is so fun. And you have so many other modalities and certifications yes. also. So I know you bring a really deep in some areas, but also a really wide. Yeah. To, uh, and, what, and the reason I invited Maggie on here is she is a marriage coach. 
you know, marriage MBA is her, is her program. If you, if, you know, your relationship with your spouse is her jam, but you have such a deep understanding of human interaction. Yes. And when I think about you, my sweet, amazing, fabulous listener, you are interacting with so many people in your life and you are also trying to feel amazing and confident in this new identity and it yeah. can affect the relationships that you got going on a hundred percent yeah um so that's we're also going to touch on a couple of different topics yeah. here too also but i think this is where i want to start yeah really learning how to navigate the relationships that are in your life while you are bringing on this new identity of business builder entrepreneur life coach yes so if you're listening to us and you haven't fully owned yourself as a coach, right? You're listening to Confident Coaches podcast because you want to be more confident as a coach. There's a few things I want you to know. <laughs> Thing one, okay? Thing one. Grab Thing one. your coffee, friends. Yes. Grab your coffee, get a pen. You're going to want to take some notes. Just prepare yourself. Because I remember very vividly navigating a bunch of these different things, including like when I left corporate, after I left corporate, I still did consulting and what I used to do in corporate, which was recruiting. Like I had the journey of really going step by step in each of these identities until like you all see me now, but I had all the dark nights of the soul, the crying in the kitchen floor moments. Like if you've had one of those, welcome to the club. You're right on yep. track. Right. You are in the right place. <laughs> You're the right place. <laughs> so the one thing I'm going to say is we need to think about boundaries. Because I vividly remember when I left corporate and I hadn't really made any significant amount of money yet. I'd made a couple hundred dollars or something crazy. And I remember going to dinner with my best friend's parents who are like my parents. Like they've known me since I was eight years old. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to them about this mm -hmm. because they're going to ask me a ton of questions. I don't have any answers for. Yes. And I remember just reminding myself, like if they ask me, I'm going to redirect to something else and I'm going to move on. Okay. So I'm telling everybody now, there are some people in your life. I know that you just don't need to talk about this at all with at all. <laughs> and what you do, this is how you do it is you prepare ahead of time. You know, you're going to that lunch, the brunch, the dinner, the whatever, the family barbecue. Yep. Oh yeah. You're like, you go ready with the questions you want to ask them, the things that you do want to talk about, and what your answer will be. Like a politician. If you think about talking points or think about a movie, right? This is so good. Okay. Yeah. If you think about, I love watching all the behind the scenes for all the movies and all the things, like, and, and all the TV shows like Bridgerton. Yes. My favorite. And if you watch all their interviews, there comes a point where you realize they have talking points. Yep. They're always going to talk about a few of the same things. You can do this too. You too can be like the cast of Bridgerton. <laughs> can I please? Can we? So many levels. <laughs> right? And so I would literally, I would get nervous. And this is really for any conversation where you get nervous. But for those conversations, I would have my two or three bullet points that I had planned in advance, what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it, and how I would excuse myself if I no longer wanted to discuss so like if you're at a restaurant you're like oh i'm gonna go to the restroom now i'll be back by the time you come back they're on to something else so good and i love this because we are getting ready to face the holiday season you yes. are going to see people 
that you're related yeah. to who have no idea yeah. what entrepreneurship is like, what life coaching is like. This is all brand new to them. They don't understand. They don't know. And they do have questions. So many people ask me to coach them through the, I don't know what to say because they're going to, the, everybody wants to know how my business is going. Yeah. And I don't even have a, con I haven't even had my first consult yet. Yes. Or I haven't had a, you know, I haven't signed a client in six months. And yeah. the emotions that they are feeling about that yeah. carry into talking yeah. to Uncle Walter. Yeah. So here's what I want to say about that. We can take it from a lot of different angles. We're going to talk about two. For everyone listening, think about what your angle might be. It might not be any of the ones we bring up today, but this is yeah. like the invitation to prepare ahead of time for those yeah. conversations. That's the main goal. So I used to make my bullet points and be really clear about what I would and would not talk about with certain people in my life. There are certain people where I would let them all the way in and just share whatever my fears were. And I knew that they could hold those things. Yes. So, so good, that distinction. Yeah. And then there are other people where I was like, they won't be able to hold this and I will feel worse at the end and they're not going to feel better. So why? Why even go there at all? Yeah. So that was my experience. Now, what you could do, you don't have to do what I did. You could decide what is the narrative you want to tell about your business and practice telling that story to everyone who asks. Yeah. So even if you haven't signed a client in six months, you can say, my business is amazing. I'm I'm every department. I'm marketing and sales and delivery, and I'm learning so much. Yep. What a victory is that, right? Like we can focus on the victories or we can focus on the things we are challenged by. We get to choose. Guys, this is, and Maggie, I don't know how much you know about my concept of Helga brain and Gigi brain of like, oh, it's yeah. Jealous. Yeah. Okay. So, <sighs> so my listeners know, but Matt, I'm going to introduce Matt. Yeah. So like, I think about your prefrontal cortex and your yeah. forward thinking and, and the, the, the version of you that sees what's possible and celebrates all the win. And then there's the part of our brain that's all about protection and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's yeah. Gigi and Helga. Gigi's uh. like this jaunty kind of, you know, she's got a little scarf. She's driving around on a little Vespa and she's just like, life is amazing. Life is grand. You're doing so great. She, she, you know, she believes in all of your dreams. And then there's Helga sitting yeah. on a couch, probably smoking a cigarette going, this is never going to work. This sucks. This is terrible. Yeah. Who do you want to bring to the conversation with your Uncle Walter at Thanksgiving? And Gigi. And be aware if there are people for whom it's very easy for Helga to come out. Oh, yeah. We're not going to give them that responsibility. Like, we know we're letting Helga out in that moment. But we know there are certain people yep. where we default to Helga really fast. It's like a car. We go zero to 60. We go zero to Helga really fast. So if you're going into that, how can you have Gigi help you prepare? Yes. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. Absolutely. Yeah. I already do this yeah. when it comes to, I know when we're, when we're going to be hanging out with my in-laws and particularly extended in-laws, yeah. I know that there's the conversation will eventually turn to politics and could not be more extreme. Right? Yeah. And so I already know I'm not going to engage, engage with this person and this person on this topic. Yes. I am. I will engage with this person on this. Like I know in advance yeah. who I can and can engage with because of how yeah. we treat each other or how willing we are to listen to the other person. And yeah. then I also just know that I'll be like, oh, got to go get something to drink, just like yeah. you said. So we already yeah. do this. 
Yeah. I feel like we already are adept at this in other areas of life. You're just inviting us to do it when yes. it comes to our, yeah. So, so good. Um, and I also think about when it comes to relationships, maybe not so much like how to have this conversation with people you see randomly or, you know, at holidays. I remember that there was a time when I was first starting out. So I also started coaching in 2012, but I didn't get certified until 2016. I started with a direct sales. Love it. You know, so selling direct, uh, you know, I was selling weight loss products and then you coached every week, but I got compensated through the sales of, of the, the things. Yeah. yeah. But I loved the, you know, I loved talking to my people every single week for an hour, helping them. And it was very action oriented. You know, I yeah. really didn't have, but because of that, I got introduced to it's coaching. Um, into yeah. coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I would see my peers' husbands or spouses sharing their stuff and, hey, come to this meeting. And I'd look at Trey and he'd be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. he, uh, it, from the outside, I had this, like, why doesn't my husband support me? And even after I got certified and I was building my business, I still remember I'm in my office figuring out how to put all these new tools I have to use and all of like the business part of the training that I learned. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm in there and I'm signing like a client every like three and a half months and yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm yeah. in that kind of stage. Yeah. And the, um, I'm a former corporate marketer. Yeah. I want to add this, but I, you know, been out of the, out of the world for about 10 years and the receptionist at our, no, the office manager at our chiropractor was retiring and Trey said, Oh, you should go find out if they're, you know, you should go look at that as a possible job. And I remember thinking, I'm sorry. I have a job. It's called the business. A it's called yeah. the business. And I remember now also yeah. thought work. I've never had a marriage coach in my life, yeah. but really implementing the coaching that I had received. I, I, I did not shut down because of that comment. Yeah. Whereas like I used to shut down when he wouldn't share when I was running a sale on product or something like that. And then yeah. the, the difference of thought work of like not putting meaning on that, but this can stunt so many coaches. Yes. It's not their uncle Walter. It's right. The it's person, the person you love the most. The person yeah. you love the most. Who yes. Either overtly or subtly, or just not even com communicating at all is not acting the way you wish that they would. Okay, let's dig into that. I have so much to say. <laughs> Here's the first thing I want everyone to consider this reframe is if we have a partner and we have just started our coaching business, we're just starting out, we're in that process. You have to imagine them like an alien from another planet. Oh my gosh. Okay. Easy to do. Okay. And the reason I say an alien from another planet, imagine an alien coming to this planet, not having any frame of reference, what you're talking about. It makes no sense to them. They, they don't understand, especially like, so I'm married to a fabulous human who's an engineer, very logical, very one step leads to another step leads to another. Union pipe fitter, so construction worker. So he yes. takes the engineer's plans and then yes. he implements, implements them. them. Yep. Yes, yes. So very one step leads to another. A quantum leap, a suddenly signing four clients in a week, uh, suddenly doubling your income. That doesn't exist in their universe. Nope, it does not. It's like another planet. And then my husband's been with his company, I don't know, 26 years or something. So he's had the same profession, the same mm -hmm. thing. 
oh, we're going to do a podcast and then we're going to do the group program. Like we're going to do all these different things in one place. What? What is that? Right. So first imagining them as an alien from another planet helps you see they don't understand because they it's completely foreign to them what we're doing. Yeah. That helps you just have a little bit of separation to say it's not about me. It's about their lived experience. Anything we want them to understand, we have to explain it to them. Which brings me to the next thing. So number one, alien from another planet. Number two, our partners are our mirrors. Mm. So here's what happens. We have the thought, my partner doesn't believe in me. What was me? Very telenovela, you know, <laughs> single tear. Um, hand to the forehead, feel the distress, right? Not to minimize this, but to understand what's happening like inside you, right? My partner doesn't believe in me, but somewhere in you, you don't believe in you yet. You believe you could believe in you. Yes. You want to believe in you. You want to believe in you. This is why you listen to the podcast. This is why you hire Amy, because you believe you could. Yes. But what happens is our partners are a mirror. So that little sliver of doubt that we have, they like, it's like a magnet. They see that. And then everything they say to you is just reflecting back all the doubts that you have. Mm-hmm. That sometimes in my case, I'll just speak about myself, that I wouldn't speak out loud because they'd freak me out if I did. Mm-hmm. But then we get mad at them for not believing in us. Yeah. And it's like, we are, we are asking them. So I had an interview a couple of months ago with Victoria Albina talking about codependency. Yes. We are dependent on them to validate us. Well, we act as if we need that validation in order to feel okay. Yep. By the way, shout out to Maria Victoria. Yes, I but love I, her. I am, we we did have a conversation. Trying to total side note, yeah. did have a conversation. I'm like, adopt the Maria Victoria. She's like, should I? I'm like, absolutely, please. So I like to talk, started calling her that from the day she said it. So good. <laughs> so um, she doesn't do it herself, and then I do it anyway. Um, so Maria Victoria, we love you. We can link to that in the show notes so that you can, everyone can hear that episode about codependency with her. Um, so we act as if we need that validation from them. And then what we do when we act that way is think about it. Everybody who's listening who's ever gone through this, you know, then you ruminate and focus and spin about their lack of belief in you instead of working about you and your lack of belief in yourself. It's a distraction. It is. Mm. Now that was a conversation I needed to have and yeah. through 2012 through 2017. Yeah. It wasn't until 2017 when I hired my first belief coach. Yeah. That the coach that introduced yeah. us together, Stacey, yeah. that yeah. I finally disconnected yeah that string that magnet right there yes so he here can think yeah. and feel whatever he wants to think and feel because as long as i indulge in that i'm not working on my belief yes exactly so then the third thing so the alien the mirrors and now the third thing for everyone who's a coach you're going to understand this usually i talk to what i call civilians which is non-coaches but you're all coaches so you'll understand this sometimes our partners are not the person to hold space for our fears. Mm. So what is holding space? Listening with loving compassion, suspending self-importance, like really being there with the other person, right? And any modality that you coach in, there's some variety of holding space that we can talk about. Mm. 
And we're used to our partners being the person we come home and cry to when we had a bad day, when we lost a client or when the boss, you know, reamed us or whatever. We're used to our partners being that person. Now we've started our business. Now they're an alien from another planet. That magnet is still activated until we deactivate it. And now we want them to hold space for something when we're not considering their fears, their traumas, their desires. And it's not that they wouldn't if they knew how. They don't know how to do that. First of all, no one taught them. We all went to school to learn how to hold space for another human Mm -hmm. or, you know, read a bazillion books and did a bazillion workshops, whatever it is we did. Right. Uh, They didn't. So now we're mad at them for not having a skill. No one ever taught them that we think they should have. Right. And I think it's important because not necessarily everybody that listens has yeah. you know, done the training, but yeah. we understand as a coach, the concept yeah. and, and, and learning how to hold space for other people in that place with no, um, you know, without putting ourselves in there, we can't expect our spouses to have tools coaching tools that we don't and then beat ourselves up for the fact that they don't and be mad at them. And I do want to note because some of my people, point number one, will not apply to them. They Mm -hmm. do have spouses who understand entrepreneurship. They do have spouses in business. Points two and three still hold. Yes. So those of you that were listening that said, but actually my husband or my spouse or my partner or whomever yeah. is not an alien from another planet. They do yeah. understand this. Yeah, but they they still don't have points two and three. Yeah, because think about it. Your coach or your friend who's a coach, your colleague in a program, right? They're not worried about how you're going to pay your mortgage next month. Nope. Right? They can hold all the space. Oh, yep. A client canceled. You have to issue a refund. All, the, all these different things that freak us all out, right? right. And it's like, but they're not worried about how you're going to pay for whatever the kid's private school or whatever else. Right. But your partner or yeah. partners are or is, right? So here's one thing I want to say. Okay, I know you guys can just follow along with us. We're going to jump around. Please, please ride this train with us. It ride the train. Turns. <laughs> I just want to not skip over this because I think it's so important for anyone who's listening to us and isn't certified somewhere. Just for you. Pay attention. I used to work in HR and when I teach marriage things, I bring this example up a lot and I want to bring this example up for all of you. Before the assembly line, right before Ford or before the printing press, when we had machines, once we introduced machines, we had processes. But up to that time, whether we want to go all the way to the printing press or we want to go to Ford and the assembly line, um, humans throughout the history of humanity learned by apprenticeship. You wanted to be a baker, you followed the baker around. Mm-hmm. You wanted to, um, I don't know, make shoes, you followed the cobbler. You watch what the cobbler did, you learn how to do that. So for anyone who's not certified, you have brilliant coaches that you've yeah. been coached by, that you follow, that you observe. And that is more important. Sometimes people yeah. could have 50 degrees and, and not have the level of the depth of experience that you've had from having space held for you and experiencing it viscerally in your body or from simply being a a autodidactic self-didactic student who just observes and takes notes what did I like about that what didn't I like about that 
um, I coach in a very popular coaching program that my coach hosts. And when I started coaching there, I would just watch coaching calls. Yeah, I would I, even with all my certifications, and all the other stuff that I've done, I would watch coaching calls. I would watch the person asking a question. So for anyone who wants to become a better coach, if you're in one of Amy's programs, do this for homework. Yeah. Free to paid coach is $1,000. You can buy it right now and you can study my coaching. In there. Go to free to paid coach. And this is this is how I did it. OK, I would listen to what the person presented and then I would pause the video. And then I would write what, how, what direction I would take it. What question would I ask? Oh, God. What would I do? How would I approach it? I would write all that down. Then I'd play the video and I'd see where the coach took it. And I'd be like, oh, you know, we took it in a completely different direction, but we got the same place. Like what I wanted to get to was there. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's fascinating. I did this like many, many times, right? I'd pause the video. I'd say where I would take it. And then I was like, oh, we could it helped me anchor and see we can have a completely different style or go down completely different paths, but it's kind of like all paths lead to Rome. It's fine. Yeah. And sometimes I would do the exact same thing that the coach was doing. And I'd be like, Oh, how about that? How cool is that? It's so good. By the way, this is brilliant. I don't think I've ever shared this idea with my audience before. This right here is worth the price of gold for everybody listening. This nugget right here. This um, is like you want yeah. to become a better coach. Yeah. Watch people coach. Yeah. Pause the video. Take yeah. notes. Yeah. See where they went. And this really bring and note different coaching styles. So yes. I also have guest instructors in my programs. Yeah. So on some of the calls, you're going to see somebody else coach. Yeah. I still like I still run most of the calls in free to paid coach. I, you know, there might yeah. come a point where there's I have a yeah. wider variety because I, I try to make sure that the guest instructors are mastermind. Yeah members who have yeah. gone through the new material because yeah. there's a lot of new material. But yeah. this leads me to, well, so we're, the yeah. train is now, we've stopped at a stop and now we're headed in another direction. And this yes. leads me to something you and I are both yeah. passionate about and something that I admittedly have just really understood. And that is nine, <laughs> I can't say the word, nine <laughs> Non-hierarchical coaching. <laughs> I already know. I know you know where I'm going. And I'm like, man, ming, har. I cannot wrap my mouth around hierarchical, hierarchical. Okay. <laughs> and so, so let's 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 get past the. My my audience already knows. I have I I have trouble with words sometimes. I love it. But when you watch different people coach, you'll start to feel a, a sense of style and what you do and don't like. But this is a conversation that I really, and I don't know when you yeah. really became aware of it. For me, it really was going through advanced certification in feminist coaching and really learning the feminist coaching principles, which are built on the backs of what I already understood. But it, you know, and I'm also master certified coach from the life coach school None of those, my first two certification programs never touched on this. So Same. what are we talking about here? Same. Yeah, so that's, so um, I had a notion, but it really didn't come into full focus for me. Same in, until I did advanced certification in feminist coaching. And I love that we sort of have, we have all these three things in common. We're master coaches through the life coach school. We're feminist coaches through Kara's training. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it really came into focus for me in advanced certification in feminist coaching. While I was in that certification, I was running my very first uh, small group program. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought I was in highest service to my clients. So I just want to share this for everybody to know that you can make mistakes and you can course correct as a coach and it, the world will not end. So I'm going to share a mistake with you so that you know. <laughs> okay. Just look at my entire career. You'll see how many times <laughs> I've been like, oh, I've been operating not how I want to for two years. Let's figure it out. Or Let's we thought we wanted to. We had the best intentions and then we found something yeah. better. Which Yeah. Which is really how I thought about it. So I thought it was in high service to my clients that it's like, you're joining this group. I am your coach. I am the only one who gives coaching. There's very strict parameters of how to comment and how to post and what to do. And it was like a very on lockdown. And I thought this was protective and loving and wonderful. And I was full force in this mindset. So then I show up for the class, whichever class we talked about, say, Vienna, higher global coaching. And basically the idea was life is messy. Coaching is messy. Humans can ask other humans questions. The coach doesn't have to be the one, right? And the coach is equally as human as the students or the clients. But in our hierarchical society where we have, um, there's the teacher and then the student, right? There's this separation of authority, right? But if we want liberation for everybody and we recognize authority in everybody, then that separation of authority no longer works. So the moment I had that thought, the very next week, I went into my group, I updated the rules, I changed them completely. And in our live call, I explained why. said, here's what's happening. I did this. I thought it was in highest service of you. Now I realize it's actually really amazing if we do this. And we have this idea that we all learn from each other. And we have this idea that we all comment uh, in an organized fashion, right? We ask questions, we do it, you know, there's, there's a organi- organization to it. There's a logic to it, but where we really recognize everyone's authority and everyone's ability to be curious and ask questions. And another thing I started doing was I started sharing more of my own mistakes, my own ups and downs as a human on earth. Like instead of keeping those things private, I was just like, I went on a road trip with my husband. I had to practice little centered communication on myself, right? And I just started sharing more and more of those things. And when you start really leaning into non-hierarchical coaching, it's like, if we're equal to our clients, I am delighted and honored endlessly by every single person who's ever hired me. Yes. And I am- So much delight unabashed about it. Like I am just as I'm obsessed with Bridgerton, I'm obsessed with my clients. I am like, I started a call yesterday with like, it's an honor to be your coach. Yeah. Why not? And later we're going to, we're going to save the train right here for a while, but later we're going to answer a question from one of our clients. We're going to give her a shout out. And the reason that we're going to do that on this episode is because like, why can't we live in a world where your two favorite coaches answer your question just for fun? (laughs) That is completely like a non-hierarchical coaching. Like we don't live on a mountain. We're just as excited to answer your question as you are to ask it. Yeah. After, um, um, so you and I both attended the life coach school has a yearly mastermind and it was in April and so, so, so six months ago, so it's mm-hmm. six months, by the time this episode comes out, it will have yeah. been six months. And I remember witnessing both myself, how people interacted with me, how I then kind of strangely started. And I've, I have talked about this on the podcast. This is not news to my listeners, my regular listeners of noticing when people put me up on a pedestal, how I 
interacted with that and then how the so I, I did a whole episode about stop pedestaling. Yeah. So this is kind of it's like this idea of like when you see people up here, you're automatically putting yourself lower and we might have been taught same thing happened to me in terms of and it did take me a, a a longer period of time between the realization of it and actually going into the group and actually changing the rules. But when I first set up the rules of how to show up for coaching, for how to interact in the Facebook group, it was all based on a very hierarchical. Yeah. Look, I said it a very hierarchical yeah. um, example that I've been given in the past. And I'm like, it works there. It'll work for me here too. And I just think there's this, there, it is an honor for us to work with people. And I think what happens for people, it's, it's like, but if, how do I maintain the expert energy of being the, of, you know, that expert in the room and not do that? And, and I, I don't see this as a conflict, but I know a lot of people do. I have thoughts. Yes. Talk okay. to me. One of my favorite thoughts is I'm a genius in a room full of geniuses. Mm -hmm. So I don't diminish myself. I don't diminish someone else. I can be a genius. That's awesome. How much mm -hmm. fun is that? And, and listen, everybody listening right now, some of you are in very different stages of your businesses. Start practicing that thought today or your version of that thought. I'm an expert. I'm a genius. For me, I like being a genius. I'm all nerdy. But yeah. whatever your version of that thought is, you can start practicing it before you feel it's true. So one day, this is a kind of funny story. We're still on the same train. We're going to do a little side note. Yeah. Um, I started practicing the thought that I was a genius. And I really wanted to just embody myself as like owning all of my intellectual abilities. And I realized that I really wasn't. And I just decided to practice that thought. So I was like, I am a genius. This idea is, I just started finding all the evidence for being a genius. And then because, um, I don't know, the universe has a sense of humor. Always and is listening to the things you're saying. I got invited to do the episode of the Life Coach School podcast where they featured a panel of Latin coaches. And I was so honored and so delighted to be on that episode. And it was amazing. And then I shared one of my concepts and Brooke Castillo said to me, Maggie, you're a genius. That is genius. Wow. And I was like, I was like knowing, like Brooke was just saying it spontaneously, but I was like, the universe was reflecting back to me what I had put out and I know in my bones that had I not started affirming that for myself months before, she would have said something nice, it would have been fine. But it was because I decided to put that energy into myself. The only thing that people could see then was what I was emanating. So good. It's almost like what you believe about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Is what people, what people will. What, what people will believe, believe what you about, believe about yourself. Yeah, yeah 100%. You can't wait for them. This goes back to that thing yeah. with our husbands. You can't yeah. wait for them to believe it so yeah. that you can. It works the other way around. Yeah. So so being a genius in a room full of geniuses really helps me with the idea of that collaborative spirit of whatever container we're in, whether we're the teacher in that container or the student in that container. We are still a genius in a room full of geniuses or an expert in a room full of experts wherever we walk, right? Yes. And here's what I want to talk about. The pedestaling and the like fangirling is a yeah. term that gets yeah. thrown around. And I love being a fan. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, not a lot, but I've seen in our industry shame around being a fan of someone or something. 
And I just want to be a voice that says, be a fan. Like I read a meme a few weeks ago that said, be loud about what you love. And I swear it was just a meme. It was just, you know, you're scrolling one day, you see a thing. And I have taken that like a freaking religion, right? Be loud about what you love. Okay. I love this so much because I had viewed that from that expert side, but not necessarily the fan side of like, here's how you can be an expert and not put yourself up or above or or go into a hierarchical. Yeah. And the same same stands true for you can totally be a fan of someone else without diminishing yourself and elevating them. Yes. And I would say if there is a human being that embodies this, it's Maggie Reyes. I've never seen anybody fangirl her friends and her colleagues as much as she does. And yet you own every ounce of your genius and your brilliance. So thank you for kind of taking where, you know, I had, I had done it from this side. Yeah. And you actually did it from the other side. So it's absolutely true in terms of fangirl on your people. Yes. Love them. Yes. But that doesn't mean elevating them above you. A hundred percent. Be the expert, be the genius. Yeah. But that doesn't mean elevating you and diminishing. Yes. Them. So and good. Here's what I will add that um, I learned from a minister that I deeply love. Um, her name is Elizabeth. She's amazing. Elizabeth Longo. She's a minister in Miami. If you ever go to Miami, you can check her out. And I was admiring her many years ago. I did the artist way class with her just before I was a coach. I was totally just doing the artist way class as one does. And I was admiring her and I just told her, you know, cause I was, I was always fangirling, right? So I was like, I just told her how amazing she was and how inspiring she was to me and to see like a woman being in her spiritual power and all these things. And she looked me straight in the eye at a time in my life where no one had spoken to me like this. And she said, what you see in me lives in you. Yep. And again, oh my God, I got tingles. Having that moment with her opened up something in me that I, that hadn't been there before. And so now for everyone listening, as your work, as your body of work starts going out in the world ahead of you, and as people then start meeting you and you go to things like mastermind events and places where people, maybe they've listened to your podcast, maybe they've read all your posts, maybe they're deeply inspired by an interview you did with Amy or something like that. And they come up to you and they're fangirling as the person receiving that. You can receive it. It's beautiful. You don't have to reject it. You just have that moment where you know, and sometimes you say it out loud and sometimes you don't, depending on what's appropriate in that moment, what you see in me lives in you. Yep. And I have this, here's the, I've had this concept in my coaching program. I mean, since the first time I ever put a program together after certification of the three people you admire most. Ooh, tell us. So it's a part of discovering who future you is. Okay. So like, you know, what you believe about yourself, um, very, very quickly. So like future you is, you know, what do you want to believe in six to 12 months in the future? What do you want to have achieved? What do you want to believe about yourself? I found that that was the hardest question for people to answer. Okay. So I introduced, okay, let's put you on a shelf for a moment. Let's think about the three people you admire most. And then I would, 
And here's the thing. It was always like, Brene, my mom, Brene Brown, Oprah Winfrey, and uh, like typically like one of the stars in the coaching world was like, yeah. There were, everybody else would have like maybe their their aunt, whatever. But yeah, here was the interesting thing, of course, is that doing this with 20 different clients. Yeah. Some of them would say the same people, but then I'd be like, okay, what is it about that person that you admire? And then yeah. they proceed to tell me. Yeah. Uh, there's a picture of Oprah sitting behind Maggie right now. My dear yeah. friends, you can't see it, but I can see it. Yeah. So let's say like three people choose Oprah. Yeah. There might be some crossover. Yeah. But their lists were never identical. Totally different. Yes. So love it. I didn't tell them the punchline. Right. I did not tell them the punchline. So I'd be like, okay, tell me everything you admire about these three people. What's one word you would use to describe those three people? Yeah. And then be like, by the way, that's you. That's what you see in you. What, being in a room with those people or in, or in a space with those people stimulates in what is already in you that's dying to come up to the surface. Yes. And this is like, it will like, what? Stop yes. it. And, and then people will be like, but I'm not that person. I'm like, yeah, not yet, but that's in you. You couldn't see that. So I love yeah. this tool yeah. for, and, and I haven't talked about that for a while on the podcast. If that's new for you, that is one of the things we do that inside free to paid coach. Love uh, it. Like really finding that because what you do see in others, you do see in yourself that they are a mirror to you and it is very powerful. So when you are thinking about, you know, from the kind of more fangirl side of things, what you yeah. see in that person is what you see in you. Yeah. Uh, and understanding from the coach side versus your clients. Yeah. If you, when you get fangirls and every coach listening to this, you will have fans. Yeah. And you can honor that they are merely reflecting themselves upon you. And what an honor. What a joy. What a, what a sacred joy. moment. What, yeah. Yes. So good. This reminds me of something. I had a client where we were talking about something and then I very excitedly brought her a Brene Brown quote that I thought was going to be the most amazing thing she ever heard. And it was just like, I was so excited. I was like, oh, Brene Brown said this. And my client was on Zoom with me and wrote it down and said, oh, you know that, yeah, that was good. But Maggie, I don't think you understand. You are my Brene Brown. Oh. <laughs> and at that time, I really didn't, fully comprehend how it could be. But now what I've really thought about is there's somebody who will never be touched by Brene Brown's work, will never yep. be touched by whatever school you studied in or whichever yep. coach you admire. They'll be touched because you touched them. Oh, it's so good. And I think this, you know, bringing this back yeah. to that non-hierarchical, non, yeah. I can't say it, non-hierarchical coaching idea of just like, allowing for that without allowing it to elevate or diminish yeah. Yeah. either of the people involved. And that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah. And, you know, being able to have those collaborative relationships with your clients and your coaches and your peers and your mentors. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what, it, and I think this really is helpful too. When you do that, it becomes easier to uh, we don't have to go too far on this track at all. Like yeah. then it just becomes easier to be able to move, maybe let your clients move on or let yourself move on because it is a loving collaborative relationship. And there is like your expertise, their expertise, 
yeah. you can still love one another. And also, so when that coach or when that client decides not to renew, it doesn't have to be a jab in your heart. Oh, let's discuss. I have thoughts. Everyone, <laughs> if you didn't have your pens out already, this is the moment. Here, here's the sentence. Completions and renewals are equally as beautiful. Yes. I'm going to say it again for those in the back. <laughs> Louder for those in the back. Completions and renewals are equally as beautiful. Yes. Okay. There's no need for any jabs in anybody's heart. This is a mis- this is a mistake. This is a thought error. This is mm-hmm. not the right thing. And here's how I think about it. And then you could decide for everyone listening how you want to think about it. Someone signs up to work with you. They get what they came for. They're done. That's great. That's awesome. How fabulous is that? Someone signs up to work with you. They got what they came for. They want more. That's great. That's fabulous. How wonderful is that? Mm -hmm. someone signs up to work with you maybe they go through a program that has steps or or stages or things like that like in my case in the marriage mba right there's a bunch of things i teach them there's like a whole curriculum in it they were in a different place in their life of experience than somebody else so one person gets everything that they want in this chapter of their life in a six-month period Mm -hmm. and another person is like it's really going to take me a year it's going to take me two rounds of this to get the thing that i want it, the thing hasn't even changed. It's not that they want more. It's that they're in a different place of their life experience where to do the things that they want to accomplish, they're just in a slightly different path than someone else. Mm-hmm. Completions and renewals are equally as beautiful. So good. And it's so important. And I, it is, to me, part of that non-hierarchical coaching concept yeah. because it requires a relationship with yourself and a relationship with them that is heart-centered, that is collaborative, that is mutually um, mutually beneficial and loving. Yes. So that you can part ways, stay together either way. And here's something I've never really talked about, but I think I just feel inspired to share, which is some of your clients will come into your life, they'll be your client, you'll help them, they're done, and that's fine, that's it. Some of your clients will become part of your soul family. You as a human will feel a loving attachment to them in a healthy way. You'll want to see them succeed. You'll want to see them get everything they want in life. You will cheer for their successes. And I now have been a coach long enough to have had that experience. For some people, they're absolutely amazing and wonderful. And when our work is done, we're done. And they move on to other adventures in their life. And I move on to other adventures in their life. And there's some of my clients where they haven't been my client for years and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Right? Exactly. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to mention that that when we think about collaborative coaching or non-hierarchical coaching, your humanity is allowed and encouraged. Um, so I know that we you received yes. a question from a mutual. Okay. So this is so fun. So Amy and I were talking about this episode. And there's a wonderful woman named Leandra. Leandra, this is for you. Hi, Leandra. We love you. And she had told me she has actually been a guest on my podcast, and which that probably hasn't come out yet, but she recorded an episode where she told me that you and me were her two favorite coaches, like on earth. 
And obviously Leandra is brilliant, but okay. This filled me with delight. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, of course I know Amy. She's amazing. Whatever. So we had a whole conversation about how wonderful you are. <laughs> Topic for another day. And so when you and I were talking about this episode, and I have I'm very present to this idea of collaborative coaching and hierarchical coaching. I want to live in a world where your favorite coaches got together and they wanted to know what you wanted to hear. And then they answered the question because that's fun. So I wrote to Leandra and I said, Leandra, <laughs> what do you want to hear us talk about? And I don't know if Leandra could tell us, uh, message us on Instagram. But I think it would be so fun to receive that as the client because I love fangirling, right? So I'm into yeah. it on both yeah. sides. I'm all about it. So I was like, I think it would be so fun for somebody that you love to like want to do that, right? From a very detached, loving place, right? There's no clinginess here. She could have not answered. My world would have gone on, right? <laughs> What is it, Celine? The answer is my heart will go on. Your right? heart, Maggie's heart will always go on. Let's be honest here. <laughs> but she did answer. And then I'm so excited. So here's the juicy question. So her question was, how do you stay in belief? Mm -hmm. And I want to hear what Amy has to say about it. I have lots of thoughts about it. And for anyone who wants that, that who, who struggles staying in belief and who like that's an issue that you're working through right now, you can thank Leandra. Yeah. So it's really how do we stay in belief when we're not seeing yeah. the results? Yes. It's like how how can yeah. I how can I it's like the conversation about our spouse or our partner yeah. of like how can I believe if they're not believing? How can yes. you believe when you're not seeing results? Yes. So I, this is like a free to paid coach concept 101. It's literally the first step. Yeah. of my five step program. So my audience is well versed in how do you stay in belief when you're not seeing results? I have a concept called the belief meter. You're literally like you're and 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 you know from zero to a hundred percent, and your meter is absolutely going to go up and down, and it's going to be it's going to be a little bit it's going to be closer to twenty percent. Some days it's going to be closer to seventy five percent. There's this really super uncomfortable area kind of between 25 and 75 of cognitive dissonance because you are both in belief and out of belief at the same time. Yeah. And it's entirely normal for it to go up and down. So how do you stay in belief when you're not seeing results is checking in with your belief meter throughout the day, throughout the week, and just see where you are yeah. and bring yourself back into you know, it, it, in Free to Pay Coach, there's an entire workbook of modules on what you want to believe about yourself, yeah. uh, how to practice sitting in belief and actual practice of two feet on the floor and breathing into it and saying it out loud, etc. Yeah. And I, I liken it to when you're planting in a muddy garden and your hands get caked with mud and you have to stop what you're doing and go wash your hands, but then you dive right back in to keep planting the flowers. Yeah that that is just like noticing when you're not in belief because the results aren't there. And then you go and you wash your hands, you go get recentered, you go find that belief, you go, you go back to what you've already like, oh, these are the things that make that feel really fabulous in my body. I call it like trying, you're like, you're trying on beliefs, you're trying on thoughts to see what makes you feel really good. And you're stopping and you're bringing yourself back into that so that you can keep going. And then the addition of that is also learning. This is kind of like a, if that's belief 101, 
Belief 102 is the practice of unbelieving the thoughts that come up when the results aren't what you want and bringing in the possibility that that's not true. This is never going to happen. Well, it's possible. So I actually have a uh, like a three-step process of how to unbelieve shitty thoughts that keep coming up over and over again. I love it. It's my favorite thing. I could like I wax poetic on this all of the time. Yeah. Where you just really see and it becomes and I, and this of course is something I learned in ACFC whereas before yeah. I'd be like so obviously you're going to come over here and now in ACFC I've kind of learned where you just kind of hold up we can choose to believe, believe this. We can also choose the possibility that it's incorrect. Yeah. Which would you like to do? As yeah, we could choose. Yeah, we, we can choose as opposed to me as the coach before I've been like, so obviously you're going to choose this. But thanks to non-hierarchical coaching, yeah. just being like, you're just illustrating to the client. These are your two options. When this, when you believe this, this is how this feels. When you believe this, this is how this feels. Yeah. This is how you show up when you're in this. This is how you show up when you're in that. The fact that you bounce between the two is not a problem. I love that. That Let's repeat that for everybody in the back. The fact that you bounce between the two is not a problem and it will happen at every income level. Every income level. You think, oh, once I've made multiple six figures, I will never experience doubt again. Hello? No. <laughs> I hope it still hasn't gotten through, but I hope I have coached enough people, particularly a free to paid coach where so many of those clients are getting their first paid client. Yeah. I actually had, um, I'm going to give a shout out to Ananya after yeah. 18 months. And I don't remember the rest of the statistics, yeah. like 18 months, hundreds of console calls or, or you know, like a, yeah. of, of, of yeah. consults and, and talk. she signed her first paid client. Oh, congratulations, Ananya. And then yes. how much doubt actually, like we think that's what's going to solidify our belief. How many coaches have signed their first 5K? Or, yeah. yeah, not 5K, but yeah, 5K yeah. Or, or five figure month. Yeah. And they actually have less belief afterwards because then it brings up a whole new, we've, we've scraped. Will I ever do it again? <laughs> Will I ever do okay. it again? I can't do it again. Okay, so yeah. okay. I did, obviously this is what I talk about literally all of the time. I could talk for another 45 minutes, but we don't have the time. Yeah. How does Maggie stay in belief when she's not seeing results? Okay, two things. We have to mention Gloria Stefan, queen of Miami. Obviously. Obviously, obviously <laughs> because she has won multiple Grammys, written you know hit songs that have been you know, bombs to our souls all over the world. And I saw her in an interview once say, you know, sometimes when I write a song, I think I'll never write another good one. Yes. And for everyone listening, like it even happens to Gloria freaking us stuff on. Like we just need to get over ourselves. If it happens to Gloria and it happens to us, we're in good company. We can just move on. So I just have to say that. Yes. We're able to know. Okay. How is the belief? One of the things that I've been working through is what you just said, which is allowing the doubt, just allowing it instead of fighting and resisting. Yeah. I stop struggling because I have it, like making it wrong to have it. It's just like, it's okay that it's here. Yep. And sometimes I really feel that whatever we want to call it, doubt or whatever fears come up or whatever, how could they be useful? How could they be yep. pointing us to something that is actually actionable? So I think some of us will over-educate ourselves and do a bazillion programs and stuff like that. But sometimes we do need to do something. Like sometimes we do need to take an action in the material world. And that does help us build our beliefs. So 
I was a marriage coach already. I was already making some money. I was coaching people on a variety of issues and a lot of sexual issues were coming up. And one of the beliefs that I was practicing was I'm one of the best marriage coaches in the world. That was my goal. I'm going to be one of the best in the world. And I was like, I don't know if I'm the best in the world. If I don't know how to hold space for every kind of sexual situation that arises. And then I went and I studied with Layla Martin, who is an amazing teacher and coach and human. And so it did take me to deepen my understanding of a particular aspect of what I coach on Mm -hmm. because I was practicing this belief and I had the doubt. The doubt was useful. So sometimes we think, oh, all doubts, we just have to ignore. It's like, no, no. We want to listen to the doubt and see, is this like a false doubt that we do need to put aside? Or is this something that we should investigate? Why it's here? How is it part of the bigger whole of whatever we're experiencing? Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, I am a very um, metaphysical, hippy-dippy person, but I am going to quote a Bible verse. (laughs) This does not happen often, but it's happening today. Um, I don't really know that many things in the Bible, but I know this sentence. Yes. It's one of my favorites. It's faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This has been my favorite sentence for many decades. And when I became a coach, it came into focus. Like if it came into HD, you know, focus. Yeah. Yeah. Faith is the substance. How do I stay in belief? Faith is the substance. I come back to practicing believing that is the substance yeah that is the evidence Mm. okay say this again faith is the substance of things hoped for Uh the evidence of things not seen faith is the evidence of the things we don't see it's our faith that is the evidence what is faith is the evidence what right Some of you are going to hear this and be like, okay, whatever, lady. And some of you have had thoughts like this for a while, and it's going to come into HD focus. And I'm just here for that because when I saw it, I was like, oh, my goodness. So in the lack of, because typically we say, go look for evidence. Yeah. And we're like, evidence for your belief. And you're like, oh, I don't have any. Your faith is the evidence. Yes. What? Just breathe. Everybody. Just me. Okay. The last thing on this. One of the things sometimes you want to work through the doubt, and you have so many tools that are amazing and free to paid coach to work through the doubt. Something that helps me a lot is to transcend the doubt. So sometimes I do want to work through it. And sometimes what I do is I ask myself, if I had that belief already, mm-hmm. what would I do? So when I was working towards my first 100K and I had never made 100K as a coach before, I was like, well, if I had made 100K, how would I answer this email? What would I post today? How would I show up? What would I do? I asked myself that question over and over again. Like, if I already had this, if it was already true, how would I be feeling? What would I be doing? And then I just did that. And in that moment, when I was doing that, I didn't have to work through the doubt. Like, the doubt was not even a factor. I was just in, if I already had this, how would I show up? And it was kind of a sneaky way to practice embodying the person that already had it when I didn't believe I had it. I didn't believe I had it. Right. I just said, well, if I did have it. But if I did. 
then how would I show up? And that really helps me a lot. So yeah. if it serves somebody, there you have it. So, so good. All right, Maggie, last question. And that is um, you becoming a confident coach because you definitely exude love, confidence, fangirling energy, and so much heart. And I also honor that there was a journey to get there. So I had all the fears everybody listening either has or has had all of them. I had a very big neon sign in my brain set that said, first, do no harm. And of course, that's a good thought to have, but it was really not a good thought for me to have because it stopped me like a brake in a car. Mm. I was very worried that people, when I first graduated from coach training, I was very worried that people would talk to me and I would somehow make it worse. And I was very afraid. And then, of course, I didn't show up powerfully to sell anything or to teach anything yep. or anything like that because I had this fear. So I just want to first acknowledge that we all have that that neon fear. We all have a flavor of that. And that took me actually years to work through that fear. And the thing that I love about programs like what you teach now is it doesn't have to take you years. Like you worked through your fears, you dilute, like not dilute, dissected what you did that worked. And now you've put it in a simple way that people can learn it. And that just warms my heart every time because I know how hard it was for me to try to figure it out on my own. So I just want to say that. So I, if I had to say the one thing that helped me really become a confident coach, it was practice. Practice. If you haven't figured out how to sell for money, sell free. I always say you practice selling free, then you practice selling for money, and then you practice selling for more money. You just literally described the three-step process of of free-to-pay coach. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, the official. Well, I mean, the official is believe and and feel and whatever, but it literally is like, first, we're going to get your free clients and you're going to practice on your free clients. And then you're going to sign your first paid client and then we're going to sign more Yes. Love it. And and I think what you said earlier to circle back around is also while you are working on getting those first free clients, so you could just coach as much as possible, go watch recordings of people coaching. Yes. And do the activity that you talked about. Like I might even amend my program and put in a little like paragraph, be like, and hey, while you are making offers. Yes asking for free clients yeah. also be in here watching these coaching calls listening yeah. i love it so good i and this this is true if you want to feel confident yes. as a coach coach yes by popular demand it needs to be something like the maggie protocol or something like that the maggie protocol. we have to have it in the thing it must right. be you must add it it must be. i'm gonna add the maggie protocol the maggie protocol is Watch recordings, a free to pay coach or any program that you're in, but obviously you should be in free to pay coach and watch the recordings back. Yes. Listen to them, pause them, and then use that as a training guide. Yes. Even if if you're certified. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I was doubly certified. Yeah. You're like, when I did this. Yeah. Certified. I don't even know how many. All the things. So good. Okay. Maggie. Yes. um, You and I clearly could talk for three more hours. Clearly. Obviously, um, because you're just one of the most brilliant human beings that's ever 
human on earth. How can my people connect with more of your brilliance? How can they, how can they find you on the interwebs? Okay. So first of all, what you see in me lives in you, brilliant human. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we had to practice live on the thing. We had to do it. We just talked about it, right? For an we hour. We talked about it. <laughs> um, it writes itself. Okay. So here's how you can find me. My website is maggyreyes.com, R-E-Y-E-S. I am on Instagram at the Maggie Reyes. I always joke around that Reyes is like Smith for Latin people, but I am the Maggie Reyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry yeah. to all the other ones out there. <laughs> Um, and those are the two best places to find me on my website. You'll always be able to see what I'm up to. You'll always be able to, you know, follow whatever I'm doing. And then I have a podcast called the marriage life coach podcast. If you love podcasts, come on over. So good. And that is M A G G I E R E Y E S. Correct. Correct. All right. And so guys, we dropped multiple. We have the Maggie protocol. We've got like sentences that you needed to stop and write down multiple times. So when you're listening to this episode, make sure that you are sharing it with other coaches that need to hear this because yes. there were so many gems that Maggie shared with us today. So tag us at I am Amy Latta and at the Maggie Reyes when you are sharing out to your fellow coaches who need to hear this today. Maggie, you're amazing and I love you. And I'm sure given that we barely skimmed five different topics today, we could deep dive in any of them and probably find more. So you're so good. Uh, I love it. Thank, thank you. you. I love you back. Bye, everyone. What did I tell you, my friends? Okay, so yeah, the Maggie protocol. Are you serious? It's so obvious. If you do anything, just do that one thing right there. And I love this idea that even super certified, as she would consider herself, still does that work. We are always learning and growing. We could have gone on about hierarchy and coaching. We could have gone on about the idea of apprenticeship. We could have gone on about relationships. Um, I created an entire podcast that dropped a couple weeks ago just on how to believe when you don't have the results. So much goodness. And here's what I'm going to ask of you is what was your one takeaway or your five takeaways? When you hear this episode... Grab it on Instagram, share it into your stories, tag me and Maggie on Instagram in your stories and tell us, what was your takeaway? What are you going to move forward with? Because I can't wait to hear. And if you are in the Free to Page Coach program, look for the addition of the Maggie Protocol coming soon, coming to a Free to Page Co program near you. Because so obvious how it wasn't already in my process already, I don't know. You are also witnessing how a super certified coach such as myself continues to grow herself and is willing to say that is something that would be very useful in my program. I'm going to go ahead and add it and I don't make it mean that the program hasn't been amazing up until now. You'll get there too, coach. All right? So you aren't already in free to paid coach. Join now so when the Maggie protocol drops, it'll be waiting for you. Coach, it's time to sign your first free client, your first paid client, your next client, and to learn how to do it consistently and having a hell of a lot of fun along the way. This is exactly what you're going to do in Free to Paid Coach. It's the only program giving you step by step what to do to become a paid coach 
and step-by-step how to handle the roller coaster emotions that come with doing what you need to do to become a paid coach. If you know you can't not do this life coaching thing, but believing that you can do it, handling rejection, and remembering how to do all of those things shuts you down, the free-to-paid coach community is waiting for you. Find everything that you're looking for inside. It's only $1,000, payments are available, and then you are in forever. Visit amylatta.com forward slash FTPC to join us right now. See you inside. Let's get paid, coach. Thanks so much for listening to the Confident Coaches podcast. I invite you to learn more. Come visit me at amylatta.com. And until next week, let's go do epic stuff. Oh, 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 oh